All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. The Stanley Cup playoffs just keep on getting better. What a night two around the NHL, and we're here to break it all down. It's Daily Faceoff Live, brought to you by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. He is our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli. And Frank, I know you. You were glued to the TV last night with everything that was going on. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem is it really eats into your sleep schedule. So I found myself at varying points, especially in the late games. Just, oh, okay, here we go. I'm just uh, got to keep watching. Yeah, we're going to talk about everything that went on last night and get set for what should be another fun night around the NHL. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with the team that everyone's talking about today. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs who fall absolutely flat on their face in their series opener against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning 7-3 and I mean they went down early kudos to the Leafs they crawled back in that game at one point Frank it was a 3-2 hockey game and then Tampa Bay just poured it on late in the second putting the game out of reach it was I mean according to Leafs fans an embarrassing night it was just they didn't have it Frank and it seems a little unacceptable in my opinion for a team to come out 
and give that kind of an effort when you, the narrative is you always crumble in the playoffs. To do that in the first game of the series is, I'd be concerned if I was a Leafs fan. Oh, I think the concern is real. When you talk about the demons that the Toronto Maple Leafs have faced each of the last number of years, and just look at their fan base. This is this is at the game last night, just absolutely bewildered by that start. On their heels, Sheldon Keefe acknowledged that they started on their heels, that nerves were there, goaltender Ilya Samsonov fighting the puck. And they looked like a team. I, I just keep going back to the quote from Paul McLean, their assistant coach, way back in 2021 during the Amazon uh, series, behind the scenes series. You just Their demons are everywhere. They're in their heads. They're under their beds. They're in their cars. I, I wish I could have found the clip today. I searched YouTube for hours for it because it's that good. And it's still, two years later, involves the same core doing the same thing over again. I was actually listening to parts of the first period on the car on my way home from my son's baseball game. Even the team's own broadcasters on radio, Joe Bowen acknowledging that they looked scared in the first 10 minutes of the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's the deal? All this hype and hubbub heading in, the Leafs are the better team, the Leafs are the better team. I love hearing what we heard from John Cooper after the game. I don't know, wouldn't bet against our guys. The Lightning find a way to flip the switch. The Leafs, not only did they look like they were on their heels, they also got out-battled for a significant stretch of that game. And it's not like the Tampa Bay Lightning are sitting there any less skilled than the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're yeah. not going into Toronto scared. No one is going into Toronto scared. Let's give some love to the worm, Corey Perry. A three-point game, seven shots on goal for the veteran forward. And you think back to the last regular season meeting, Frank, and Perry and Bunting going at it. Perry gets on the score sheet three times. Bunting gets tossed. How many games do you think he gets? I think he gets two. Uh, the hit for on Eric Chernak, just unacceptable, unnecessary. Uh, a few words to describe it. The puck isn't anywhere near him at the time. And that's sort of the cruel twist of fate for the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we still don't know exactly the status of Victor Hedman, although John Cooper sounded pretty optimistic that he would be available for game two. And by the way, why would you bring those guys back in the third period as you're leading by four goals uh, in game one? What a luxury to have. But that's sort of the cruel twist of fate for the Leafs, is that if those guys are out and you take out a third of the Tampa Bay Lightning blue line, you know, you you can live with missing Michael Bunting for a number of games that the Leafs for a team that lost or uh, excuse me, for a team that won five nothing game one in the same matchup last series last year. Like, you know, you don't you don't want to make too big of a declaration about game one. But if we are talking about the Leafs exercising their demons, if they were feeling that kind of pressure in game one. It's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. And that puts all eyes on Thursday night because if you put the Tampa Bay Lightning with a two-game lead going home, ooh, could be a short series. It could be. Uh, just quickly, Matthew Nyes skating in a regular jersey at Leafs practice today, so some speculation he could draw in if Bunting is eventually suspended. Also, Sheldon Keefe after the game, kind of remaining non-committal when it comes to his game yeah. to starter. That was, again, there's so much to get to this game, Frank, but like that's interesting. Could yeah, it could be a goalie controversy that we're dealing with. You have an opportunity to back Ilya Samsonov after game one, and you say it's too early to tell. So you're going to turn to Joe Wall to make his first ever Stanley Cup playoff start in that cauldron and pressure cooker. 
I don't know. Maybe that's just exactly what this team needs. But, man, uh, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more confidence if you're Ilya Samsonov from your coach. Yeah. Okay. We went long here talking about the Leafs, but man, it's kind of like driving past a car accident. Let's talk about another stunning result from last night, Frank, and that is the Seattle Kraken getting their first franchise playoff victory. They roll into Colorado. They go toe-to-toe with the defending champs, and they get a 3-1 win in a game that was honestly really tight. Like, I mean, you had McKinnon putting up seven shots, and I, again, was one of the people who said the star power of this Colorado team is going to be too much for Seattle. Well, last night, it wasn't. 3-1 win. Philip Grubauer revenge game as well. Is this just a one-off and the Avs needing a little bit of a kick in the behind to start a playoff run? Or were we maybe all a little wrong in our analysis? Well, I was definitely wrong in picking the series because I had the Avs in a sweep. And there was actually some pretty good reasoning behind that. The Avs swept the first round in each of their last two playoff appearances, 2022 and 2021. On top of that, they had won six consecutive series in a row, and and they were in a spot where, you know, you look at that team, the Kraken, I was thinking, might be feeling a little bit of, hey, we're just happy to be here. And the Avs had gone 34-7-1 in their last half of the season, basically rolling into last night. Like, it was like, this Avs team has been on fire. So I certainly did not see the result coming. I know that the Avalanche didn't see the result coming, and I think... Really what stood out for me the most, a lot of people have made the comment about the Kraken and their depth. You know, it is a thing. Their their lines and their forward group, is, even their defense pairs, are really quite evenly balanced. But for me, it was the goaltending. That, to me, was what stood out from game one. Where did this come from? And I don't have any evidence to point to since Philip Grubauer joined the Kraken at the beginning of, of their expansion franchise to point to and say, you know, this is the guy that can, you know, help carry this team to where they want to get to because he hasn't shown it in any sort of consistent manner, yet he does it in game one. Let's see if he can repeat it again. I have a feeling the Avs will be much better in game two. Uh, still think the Avs ultimately are in the driver's seat, but certainly got hit in the face by a two-by-four with the Kraken on Tuesday night. Yeah, we all kind of said that, you know, oh, if the Kraken are going to win one, you know, maybe it's that first franchise playoff game at home, game three, right? Maybe they squeak one of those out for them to go up one nothing on the road like this. Certainly surprising. You mentioned Philip Grubauer. That is the big story because if he can just channel for two weeks here, the old Philip Grubauer, then this will be a series. Yeah, and I was going to say, here's the exciting part if you're a fan of the Seattle Kraken. You're heading home to Climate Pledge Arena at the very worst, tied 1-1 when your team takes the ice for the first time ever at home. Uh, Jeremiah, Ellie Tolvin and greatest waiver wire pickup of all time. I say, yes, man, what a year he's had. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of added to the narrative of the Kraken. It's like, you get these goals from Tolvin and you get 40 plus from McCann and like, go down the list. Like all of them are sort of career seasons that I'm like, uh, I'm not entirely sure they're going to be duplicated. But in the meantime, who cares? Enjoy the wave. 16 goals in 48 games since joining the Kraken for Tolvin. And let's take a look at the other two games from last night, Frank, who had identical scores, 5-1 for the Rangers. And then later at night, it was 5-1 for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Which one of these two was the most stunning to you? It's the Winnipeg Jets 5-1 over the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, the Golden Knights looked, I don't know if, if, 
like scared is too much, but timid is certainly what they looked like. And and you yeah. look at this game, 17 shots on net. That's that's all you could muster. Um, it speaks to me, uh, you know, basically the the push that the Jets had and really the confidence that they had, you know, coming back from that, those comments that um, their coach Rick Bonus made with like seven games left in the season, you know, saying if, if these guys think that they're emptying the tank, they're dreaming, you know, to think that that team right now in the eight spot in the Western Conference just absolutely throttles the Golden Knights by four on opening night of the playoffs in that environment, in that building, uh, to me, it, it's a huge surprise. And the trends have actually been surprising as a whole, Tyler. Of the eight playoff games so far, six of them have been won by the road team. And all four of the lower seeds in the Western Conference won game one, which is incredible to think about as well. So, um, like, a lot is happening. I was surprised at how the Devils sort of had a really rough 10 minutes and that made the wheels fall off for their entire night. I think they'll find a way to be better. But I think maybe in some ways, as close as that series was to call, did we underestimate the Rangers? Well, and that's what I wanted to point out. I was looking at the numbers there of that game. Five goals for the Rangers, and every player in their top nine was on the ice for at least one of them. The only players on their entire team who weren't on the ice for a goal in that game was their fourth line and their third pairing. Everyone else chipped in in some way. Two goals on the power play. The kid line was on the ice for a couple as well with Philip Hedel knocking home a couple of points. Like To me, it was, it, it was exactly that. Five goals on 23 shots, but you made the most of your opportunities. So if I was a Devils fan, I'd be a little bit worried. You mentioned uh, the Western Conference, though, Frank, and the four underdogs all winning. Which one of those underdogs do you think has the best shot to make it 2 nothing on the road when you look at these matchups? Ooh, uh, I think it's the Minnesota Wild, and I'd be real curious to see what happens. We'll touch on that that game yeah. in a second with tonight's slate, but if Joe Pavelski is out, which it certainly seems likely given the call-up of Riley Tufty today by the Dallas Stars, it seems like it's heading in that direction. And also, if you think back to Joe Pavelski and his career, he's been very cognizant of head injuries. Um, you know, look back to his emotion. All you can do is find the clip when Tanner Kiro was knocked out. Um, and his emotion from that press conference, like he was like openly weeping at that press conference, uh, which said to me that this isn't going to be one of those guys that just, you know, throws caution to the wind and hops back into the lineup after he appeared to be unconscious on the ice in game one for Dallas. And, you know, as, as we roll into topic four, like what if the Dallas Stars are down to nothing, losing both games on home ice? You know, the Minnesota Wild are eminently capable of, of pulling off another win tonight to, to give themselves that type of edge heading home. Yeah, and I mean, that's the one I'm watching the closest tonight. I think when you look at Oilers-Kings, and we'll dig into that with Jason Greger, I think even if the Oilers were to, in whatever world, go down 2 nothing, I think that's a team that has shown us throughout the course of the year. When they're red hot, they're almost unbeatable. They might be able to rattle off four out of five wins. I look at this other one, I go, man, if Minnie's up 2 nothing and there's no Joe Pavelski, Oh boy, that's uh, that is a world of trouble for the Dallas Stars. On the other side of it, I go, man, if Dallas were to just lay the boots to Minnesota tonight and come out, play for Joe Pavelski, have a big emotional win, maybe they pop home five or six goals, then all of a sudden I think Minnesota's going, do we have to change our goalie for game three? Was game one just a double OT fluke? Like there's there's a lot riding on this one. I know it's the playoffs, every game's important, but this one feels like such a bigger, so much of a bigger swing game. 
Totally agree. And you look at the wild and sort of what's at stake, like you don't want to give this Dallas team any momentum, especially as you mentioned on a night that they may have some extra emotion in it trying to play for Joe Pavelski. Um, I, I was so impressed though with Philip Gustafson, um, not just, you know, 51 saves on 53 shots. It was also the composure that he showed, you know, he sort of you know, picked right up for someone that doesn't have any playoff experience to hang his hat on. Jake Ottinger last year got his feet wet, and we all remember the impact that he had in that series against the Calgary Flames, almost single-handedly won it for them. It was an incredibly tight series that, you know, Gustafson has that same opportunity now to do the same thing for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, uh, looking out east, Islanders Carolina gets going at 7 o'clock Eastern tonight. And some notes ahead of Panthers Bruins. Alex Lyon is going to get the start for the Panthers. Sam Bennett will be back in their lineup. The Boston Bruins, though, Frank, will be without Patrice Bergeron. And head coach Jim Montgomery today saying it's not illness with Bergeron either. That's got to be a little bit concerning. Well, concerning in some ways and in others not when you consider the depth that the Bruins have. Like, they've got a number one overall pick, a former Hart Trophy winner in Taylor Hall playing on their third line. Uh, so that speaks to their depth. Um, the Bergeron situation though, like I'd been kind of quietly trying to call attention to that over the last number of days because it certainly seemed to me as, as they went down the stretch that it was way more than just load management, that the, the Patrice Bergeron was actually dealing with something. And the games that he did play in the last you know, 10 days or two weeks of the season, he looked really good. But this is the playoffs and Patrice Bergeron isn't going to sit out with illness. So, you know, I, I thought that there was a chance that he'd be banged up. And, and you mentioned how big of a concern it might be. The Bruins are 5-0 and this season, including game one when Patrice Bergeron isn't in the lineup. So they're undefeated. Uh, I'd expect uh, that trend to continue. I, I think the Florida Panthers threw pretty much everything but the kitchen sink at the Boston Bruins in game one and still didn't really have a lot to show for it. Yeah. I mean, isn't this uh, column here with the stats from the Panthers in game one, really a nice microcosm of their season, Frank, just Kachuk. No one else really doing a whole heck of yeah. a lot. Uh, 30 plus lot. points ahead of his next closest teammate. Yeah. Uh, they might need a lot from Matt Kachuk if they want to steal one at the TD gardens tonight. Uh, Oilers Kings is the late game on tonight's slate. It's going to be an interesting one. Let's get into it with the all 32. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The All 32 is brought to you by Boston Pizza and their brand new menu powered by Fanalytics. Deep fried pickles, beer mosas, pizza flights. It all sounds exceptional and it's all a great reason to go hit up your local Boston Pizza ahead of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a great spot to watch the game. Jason Greger joining us now from Warriors Nation, PSN 1260. He's also one half of the DFO rundown. He's live at the practice rink at Rogers Place. And Jason, last or two nights ago on that ice, it was the LA Kings storming back in the third period and then winning in OT. From an Oilers perspective, are there actually reasons to be concerned about the way that game played out, or is it just kind of a game one loss and they'll put it behind them? Well, the, the only thing they need to improve on is their discipline. They just took too many penalties, right? If you look at five on five, every Oiler player had a positive uh, shot share. Uh, you know, they outscored the Kings 2-1. to one. They outshot them by 15 shots, 5-on-5. Five five. And they, that's 54 minutes out of 69. The problem was, in the other 15, they lost. They gave up a 4-on-4 four four goal, and then they gave up two power play goals. One with 16 seconds left, and then one in overtime. The, the LA Kings got a good power play, right? Like, their power play was 32% down the stretch when the orders was 36. And LA was top five all year long. So Edmonton's got to be more disciplined tonight. I think 5-on-5, five five, they would be thrilled. If you go back and watch that game, guys, like the, the orders figured out what they wanted to do with their passive uh, 1 3 1 in the neutral zone. And even the 1 2 2 4 check that the Kings had, the orders solved that. The, the Kings rarely had any consistent pressure five on five. So I think Edmonton just looks and says, be smarter, be more disciplined, and we'll be fine. Yeah, Jay, I wanted to ask you about Leon Dreisaitl's comments after the game, saying, you know, basically hinting that. The Oilers had a lack of maturity in game one. We saw that same lack of maturity at times rear its head last year when these two teams faced each other in the first round. And you had said on the DFO rundown recently that through the first half of this season, the Oilers led the league in beating themselves. Is that, aside from the discipline, is that just more of what, you know, in line with what you were talking about from the beginning of the year? Yeah, it was a little different because actually Edmonton didn't give up. They didn't gift them goals, right? They gave them opportunities to score with the with the power play, of course, and that hurt them. But if, if you look at like the five on five goal that can't be scored, it's off a face off. McDavid actually ties up Kopitar, and then Edmonton just lost a battle. So that wasn't where you know they're serving up a pizza like they were early in the season, and you're, you're going to lose some battles, right? It, it happens. It's like on Drysaddle's first goal, Yanmark won a battle, and he gets the goal. So those two goals to me kind of sawed each other off. But if you go back even McDavid when it's 2-0 early in the third, they have that two-on-one two with Dreisaitl, and he tries to make a pass to a 50-goal score. I get it, but the way he's leading the league in goals this year, you could see why you'd say, hey, if you just shoot there and nothing happens, you would have a power play coming up. So, you know, it's, it's small little decisions that I found the orders maybe forced it too much, but it wasn't like they were playing Santa Claus like they did early in the season when they were just gift goals. I didn't really see that as an issue. 
You mentioned Connor McDavid there, and there was that other two-on-one where it got McDavid forced to pass. It turned around. It was in the Oilers' net 15 seconds later. I, I made the joke yesterday that if people in the stands in the press box know that Connor McDavid messed up, and you know Connor McDavid also knows that he messed up. He was held off the score sheet in game one. Is it safe to say from what you've seen from McDavid in his career, we're going to probably see a little angry Connor tonight? Well, you know, it's funny. McDavid, in the fir- McDavid was kind of, I thought, symbolic of the team. In the first two periods, like look at the two, he draw he drew two penalties in 30 seconds, and while he didn't get an assist on the Bouchard goal, the reason they scored was because his two penalties drawn. And I thought he was like the orders in the first 40 minutes was very good, but then you mentioned that uh, you know lack of shooting on that uh, goal that would led to Kempe scoring on the nice backhand by the way from Kempe. He might be one of the quieter 40 goal scorers in the league by the way, but or guy who doesn't get talked about enough. And I expect McDavid to be better. I'm interested, though, about the matchup tonight, guys, because in game one, the orders had last change, and Jay Woodcroft just said, I'll take McDavid versus Deneau, and that's what it was. Uh, McDavid played 18 minutes. He played 15 versus Deneau. It was pretty much Deneau versus McDavid, Kopitar versus Drysaddle, and then the bottom lines went head-to-head. And Edmonton won all of the shot stuff, but McDavid's line gave up the one goal, funny enough, against Kopitar's line off of the faceoff. So I'll be curious tonight. I won't be stunned, guys, if the orders go 11-7. and seven. Yeah, 11-7 and seven certainly seems to be something Jay Woodcroft likes to do. Uh, quickly, Jay, I hate to ask the what-if question, but what if the Oilers squander game two on home ice and they head to L.A. down 2 nothing? Well, uh, stats will tell you it's not good, Frank. 86.4% of series, when you win the first two games, you win the series. So, obviously, that's not looking good. Now, hey, what is that, 13.6%? So, you're telling me there's a chance if they do it, but... Um, it wouldn't be ideal, no question. So I think there's, you know, it's not a must-win game because we've seen it. We even saw it last year. A team came back from down being two nothing. But I think it's a it's a pretty important victory for Edmonton, especially because LA, you know, it just gives them a lot of confidence. And uh, we saw it last year. This series was a total roller coaster. Edmonton lost game one. They dominated games two and three. Then they got dominated in game four. Lost in overtime in game five before winning. So. I think Edmonton, though, I think they really liked their game overall. I talked to the players. They weren't really down at all. I think they just felt like they squandered an opportunity, and hopefully they learned from it uh, tonight. And one other note, guys, uh, source tells me uh, Patrice Bergeron, don't expect him in that first round. Yep. They think the injury is serious enough that maybe if it goes seven, but uh, you might not even see him at all in that series. Wow. Yeah, that uh, that could be a big, big loss, obviously, for the Bruins as they go head-to-head with the Panthers in round one. Also, an injury note from this series, Jason. Uh, Gabe Velarde is expected to play in the game two tonight, correct? Yes. All right. Yeah, Velarde, I said yesterday, he, he is in. All right. There you go. It should be a good one tonight down at Rogers Place. Enjoy the game, Jay, and thanks for hopping on with us. Have a good one, fellas. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Frank, if you're squeamish, don't look. Morgan Barron getting a skate to the face, 75 stitches. I think the most I've ever had in my face is like four, and I hated every second of that. Uh, This is nasty to look at, but it's also kind of classic Stanley Cup playoffs because the guy comes back with a full cage on. Give me one word for Morgan Barron making a return after this. Gruesome. And I love the question that was asked after the game. It was, I don't know if you saw the clip. The reporter said to him, what were you thinking as basically your head was getting rammed down onto a sharp metal blade? And his first thought was, did the puck go in? And I was like, that is a hockey player right there. 
it, it kind of like the scene itself, first off, he's incredibly lucky that he didn't lose an eye. Uh, yeah. And two, it, it was like one of those scenes out of like uh, Game of Thrones or something where you like take a guy's head and ram it onto a spike. Like I was watching that actually live and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how he wasn't more injured than he was. Eh, 75 stitches, minor flesh wound in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a long way from the heart. Yeah, uh, man, it, my one word is just hockey because, I mean, we see this every year in the Stanley Cup playoffs where something crazy happens and the guy's back on the bench 20 minutes later or something crazy like that. But as some people said in the chat, lucky would be another good word as well for this one. Uh, let's move along to our Batano Daily Bets. I nailed the Winnipeg Jets as road underdogs last night. Missed on the under, though. Missed on the shop prop as well. So I'm still up money on the playoffs through two nights. Uh, man, you'd be up a lot of money if you just kept rolling with underdogs and unders in this thing, though. Uh, but let's take a look at what I like tonight, starting with a little parlay. I'm calling it Bounce Back Wednesday, courtesy of our friends at Botano. Frank, I think both the Oilers and Stars take care of business tonight. I think both these teams, you know, they can take some positives from what they did in game one of their series. And the value on the Oilers is not great. The value on the Stars is honestly not that great either. But I kind of like playing them together in a little parlay and getting a plus 200 payout on that parlay. And also, if those two teams are going to win, I think we're going to get some magic from their big guns. Both Jason Robertson and Connor McDavid hit their shot props in game one of their second round or of their first round series. I'm playing them both together tonight. The lines are set at three and a half, courtesy of Batano. And I think they're both going to roll over in this one. So McDavid shot prop and the Jason Robertson shot prop played together as plus 200. I'm taking the Stars and the Oilers on the money line at plus 133 as well. Frank, bounce back Wednesday. What do you think? I'm not sold. I, I, I get what you were saying about the emotion of the Dallas Stars and, and everything that goes into that. And... I, I do think the Oilers find a way to come back and win. I'm, I'm not sold on the Stars. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Like, uh, that that one feels like, I always say, you know, game three or game four is kind of the swing game of a series. In that series, it really feels like tonight is going to go a long way in deciding that one. Let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time, Frank. What do you got? I'm so tired of hearing fan bases complain about penalties when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just Leave everyone alone. Leave the refs alone. I'm not backing them, saying that they're 100% perfect. But what, like, what, what is that going to accomplish, first off? I love that Austin Matthews came out after game one and said, yeah, most of the penalties that were called were penalties. Like, I think for the most part, they get it right, even especially when it comes time to something like some five-minute major video reviews, which we've seen on back-to-back -back nights to open the playoffs. And both times, they've gotten it right. You know, that hit Michael Bunting had, match penalty every single day of the week. I love that he was complaining even as he went off the ice. It was like, shut up. Stop it. And and Sheldon Keefe, like, these guys can't hold them. They can't compose themselves enough to get through it. That's why I, there was a clip, if you really watch the ESPN feed closely, and I'm not sure what you guys had access to in Canada on Sportsnet, but there's a set, there's a, a second in time where John Cooper, he's getting ready to yell at the refs. It was actually during the whole Michael Bunting thing, and he bit his hand. And he was like, hold on a second. Like, I need to calm down. Your team feeds off of your energy. Your fan base feeds off of your energy. The Maple Leafs, they need a lot of composure. And some other teams do as well, especially the Edmonton Oilers fan base. 
They seem to be complaining. We didn't lose game one. The refs cost us game one. No, no, no. Your team and their lack of composure is which is why you were not able to win and get through the final 17 seconds. I'll tell you what really gives me a bit of a chuckle when it comes to the fan bases complaining. Leafs fans are always like, the NHL is out to get us. And then you have all 31 fan bases who are like, oh, the NHL would just love to hand it on a silver platter to the Leafs. And then the Oilers fans, we, they do the same thing. They go, oh, man, the NHL just hates giving Connor McDavid calls, blah, blah, blah. And then a penalty gets called on McDavid twice in 18 seconds, actually, to give him a five on three. And you have Kings fans on Twitter being like, oh, yeah, there's the NHL just on a silver platter for McDavid. Like, it's just everyone talking out of both sides of their mouths. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's all, it's all who wears what, what jersey you wear. That's yeah. all it comes down to, which means look at it the way I look at it. I don't have any dog in the race at any point. It's all going to come out in the wash. There you go. Uh, that's part of the passion that makes hockey fans so great and what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs so exciting. Another four games on tap tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Frank and Colby Cohen at noon Eastern to break it all down tomorrow. Make sure you hit the subscribe button before you leave. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll chat tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. 
And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.